Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness podcast. And today, family, we have a special guest in the building. His name is Arthur Reed, also known as Silky Slim. He's a social justice warrior as well as an activist, and many of y'all may know him from his numerous documentaries, To Live and Die in America. And you also recently probably seen him on the documentary called Sybil, and it's on the life and times of attorney Benjamin Crump. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to our family, uh, Arthur Reed. How are you, my brother? And I'm blessed, how you doing, brother? I am good, I am good. You know, me and you, we talk all the time, um, especially around, you know, what's going on in, in Black society in, in terms of freedom and justice and equality for our people. Um, we always highlight the injustice that is being done against us. Um, you are an individual that has been on the front line, continue to be on the front line, and recently you was in the courtroom for the uh, verdict dealing with... Uh, Pamela Turner that happened in um, Baytown, Texas. And for those that don't know, um, I want uh, our brother to explain and bring people up to date what happened um, prior to the trial that led up to the trial with this officer being charged. Well, you had Officer Juan De um, Delacruz um, who actually fatally shot Pam Turner with three shots, one to the head here, and one to the chest and one to the stomach area um, after they tussled. And she managed to end up with the taser, which had been deployed. And one of the prongs was in her arm and the other one was caught in her dress. So she ended up with the taser and the taser was inoperable because the prongs were not making contact. So what Dela Cruz had claimed is that she took the dry stun, which is not, it won't taste you the way that the prongs will. It'll just give you some excruciating pain. And he said that, well, she tased me in the testicles. And um, he ended up killing her. But the bad part about this is that they had had run-ins with each other um, numerous times. She had mental health problems and he was the, security guard at the apartment complex where she was living where he lived rent free mm -hmm. and apartment manager had a relationship so pam and the apartment manager had gotten into it the apartment manager had press charges and when he seen pam he ran her name he said all of this in his walkthrough statement after he had murdered her that i ran her name because i knew she had gotten into it with the project manager the judge didn't allow that to go into court and the judge did not allow the prior history of Pam and Dela Cruz to go into court at all. So people are thinking that Pam Turner was an individual that Juan Dela Cruz happened to stumble up on, run her name, and found out she had warrants and she resisted and fleed. Wasn't like that. They had an ongoing feud. They had been fighting with each other. And Dela Cruz is 4'11", and he's Hispanic, 4'11". And my dealings with people of his um, demeanor have a small man complex and mm -hmm. gets to them, you know what I'm saying? So 
it was exactly as the prosecutor said that he revengefully went after her knowing that he should have first called the mental health responders to come and arrest her. He shouldn't have been alone. He should have called for backup. He didn't. He escalated the situation and he murdered her. And then um, he makes the claim. And when you're doing your walkthrough, that's about an hour, maybe two, after you've committed a crime, they take you through this walkthrough. What happened? Where did you encounter at? What happened then? What happened that? And he said out of his own mouth that she started fighting. She got my taser. I stepped back. I pulled my service weapon and I fired. Those words would have made him found guilty. The judge, Absolutely. The judge would not allow those words to go into the courtroom. And then after the judge was reading the charges to the jury, the judge said, I want you to look at all the evidence. Take as much time as you want. And after you looked at that evidence, you can come back in this courtroom and uh, uh, alert the court that you have found Officer Delacuse not guilty. You look at the evidence, and if you have any questions and you need to come back out so that you can find Officer Juan Delacruz not guilty, come out and ask the question, and I will uh, aid you. He set the stage for it. He put, thumb, he put his thumb on the scale of justice, and he kept it there with a smirk. And it was very insulting to the family, and it was very insulting to us, but it's not the first time. We've seen this in the cow. Um, White House um, trial with a same thing. It was the same type of situation, and this is their new norm now. Now, let me ask you a question, right? Um, during this uh, confrontation, it should be noted. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That um, she was laying on her back, right, and that he stepped back from her and fired the shot. Five so feet. she was Five in a submissive position on her back. There was no reason for him to fire. And then another thing, the particular taser that uh, you're talking about, once it's deployed, you have to put in a, a cartridge in order to shoot it again. So there was no way that she could have shot it again. It would have brought any harm to him. Was this instructions also given to the jury that the taser was inoperable? No. Um, wow. What they did, the defense used a... Um, there's a sticker or a metal plate underneath the taser on the handle, and it says that this taser can cause harm or body injury or death. And I know what they're saying that if if I have this taser and I put the prongs on you and I continue to hold the trigger, it will cause death. It'll fry mm -hmm. you. But they led the jury to believe that this taser was still dangerous, and it wasn't. I mean. It was a kangaroo court, man, and I don't see how, and I I think my peace come from knowing that I've seen judges as low down as this individual before, and when they get up in age and they get old, they go sit in their garage and get inside their Mercedes Benz and crank it up and close the garage door and let carbon monoxide take them out. That's the way the devil goes. And I think that's where I get peace at, knowing that you can't have all of that evil and continue to do evil and expect for your outcome to be great. Um, this individual was ugly. He was ugly to the family. He thumbed his nose at the at the Turner family. And they're hurt, man. The Turner family is heartbroken by this because this was their day in court, man. And 
one thing that we have to talk about, Raheem, is that we as a people have to get off the bullshit when it comes down to not wanting to sit on the jury. We That's had right. we had brothers our age, and 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 they had five five black people that were seated out of twelve, and we felt good. And then they come back the next morning. Your Honor, I got a doctor. Excuse my son. My son got to be at the doctor. Your Honor, I got. I got to go to work, Your Honor. And we're like, why did you even go through the process if you didn't want to sit on the jury? Mm -hmm. We have to sit on that jury. We have to be the ones that sit there. And once you sit there, let your decision be your damn decision. Now, I want to talk to you about that. When you say let your decision be your decision, because I was getting, you know, um, real-time, real-minute updates from individuals that was in the courtroom. And one of the things that was told to me was that when the jury came out, that there was a black individual that sat on that jury that looked yeah. very upset. I want you to talk about that. She had a blanket over and she was just like, she was like, like, I don't want I don't want them to be not guilty, but they trying to push it. You could tell what her what her, her body language was. Like they trying to make me say he's not guilty. And she was hot. And then when they went right back in, it wasn't a good maybe 10 minutes. They say, um, we have a question. What's the question? Um, we need to know the difference between acquittal and not guilty. It's like, oh, that gotta be her. I mean, because you know, acquittal is not a word that we kick around every day in the hood. Yeah. You know, so um you can't let people persuade you. And the thing was, I think that they were not given the instructions that you could hold out. Because we were saying the way she's looking, she ain't gonna change her mind. And we yeah. say jury we get a new judge we try this thing all over again but she ended up folding everybody ended up folding so it was just a bad day for justice yesterday bro and uh our people folded and we can't fold especially when it's in your face you're a mm -hmm. black woman. you could be walking home with your child and that could pull up on you and handle you the same damn way one thing i know about those little bitty shortcuts they have a ego out of this world especially when it comes down to women and that's who they mostly fight, women. They ain't going to fight no men. So, oh, yeah, they look for soft targets, women yeah, and children. Targets, right, soft targets, man, soft targets. So let me, let me say this, family, for those that are just joining us, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that share button. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Off The Read, and we're talking about the Pamela Turner case and the miscarriage of justice that was done by this judge um, if I'm not mistaken, the name of the judge was O'Neill. Uh, Pamela Turner was a uh, 45-year-old um, grandmother. You know, this was somebody that had family. Um, I was online and I was looking at the petition. It was 67,000 people that signed a petition for this officer to be arrested, which he was. You know, so this wasn't something that people was not aware of. This happened in 2019. It just went to trial. It was a long wait for the family. And they, they was hoping that they would get some remnants of justice. And justice was denied in this case. Now, I, I, I want to ask you this, right? Um, a lot of times when we see these charges brought against these rogue officers and we see uh, state sanctioned execution, the DA 
really doesn't go hard. But in this case, I'm hearing that the DA was doing everything possible to get a conviction, but it was the judge. You want to talk about that? Um, we met with the DA, and what District Attorney Kim Org has done is that she has put a civil rights division inside of her DA's office. Okay. And these are all black individuals except for two. And this is what they do. They try cops. It was saddening yesterday to hear that she has a grand jury indictment on 12 cops right now and no judge will allow it in their courtroom. Wow. The DOJ here in southern region of Texas and the DOJ was Kim, um, we we don't see what you see. So she's caught in the catch-22. She wants to clean up the crooked cops, but um, it's so widespread corruption here in Houston. It's so widespread until she's having a difficult time. And that's where she needs people that's going to make sure that these cops are held accountable because for some people, a cop can do no wrong. They could kill me. They could kill you. They could kill everybody, and they could do no wrong. And, and we have to change that. We definitely have to change that. And we have to make sure that we hold these individuals accountable. And I'm telling people, like, we have to sit on the jury. We have to make sure that we come to court and make sure that we support those. Um, there's no way that that courtroom shouldn't have been packed with everybody from that's black in Houston. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think that our front and our culture have to step up to the plate especially when we see black women being murdered by police or black men being murdered by police or anybody that's being murdered. We have to step up to the plate and make sure that we get these individuals held accountable and um, pay for the crimes that they committed. I mean, this was a crime. This was murder. This was definitely murder. And the grand jury said it. The grand jury say charge him. And that's where Kim is a little bit different. Um, she don't look at the case and say, oh, I don't see it. Um, I'm sorry. We can't charge. That's what every other DA is doing across the United States. Mm -hmm. Him takes the evidence and present it to the grand jury. And if the grand jury says a charge, they trying it. And they trying it hard. They doing it vigorously. And they doing it with all of the resources and everything. They brought in uh, expert witnesses from Atlanta. The expert, um, I'm sorry, from New York. The expert witness get on the stand and give his testimony and says, well, it's not, it's not reasonable for him to do this, that this was this was a crime. And then you got the defense attorney and the judge. You sure you don't feel that way because you had such a long trip to come down south? They I mean, asked him that? It's a hypocrisy, bro. When Yo, they, they said that to him? You see the transcripts. You pull the transcripts, you would say, God damn. And that's how we left their feeling. And you know me, we've been friends now for what, 14, 15 years maybe? Yeah. And um, you've never seen me in this spirit. My spirit was broken yesterday. And I have to pick my spirit back up because I got to continue to fight for um, our people the best way that we can, and that's in the courtroom. But I want to see us step up to the plate as well I want to see us hold it down as well. We can't always, you know, and I, I was talking this morning and I was on a radio show and the brother was saying, yeah, man, because once the sleeping giant wakes up, once the lion wake up inside of us, it's over with. And I was like, well, I think the lion is already woke because they got people like yourself, 
me, other individuals, even lioness like Tesla Figueroa, other individuals that's out there putting the work in, right? Mm -hmm. And all those lions that's in the jungle. But when we come close up to the city, out the jungle, we look into the city and we see lions as well, but they are a different type of lions. These lions have let the man put the whip on them. So the lion is on his feet, he's dancing in the circus. So we got circus lions as well. So mm. once you become a circus lion, you're useless to our people. You want to entertain. And we're here at war with the enemy while you're out dancing, entertaining, and going around in a ballerina circle as a circus lion. You have to wake up and find that real lion. And eventually, you know what happens when the real lion wakes up. He gets rid of the enemy. So that's how it has to be, bro. You know the saying, they say, give them bread and entertainment, and they'll never revolt. Oh, man. When they came, when the jury came back, I was sitting next to one of my activist brothers. He said, oh, man. Because they told the judge. The judge said, I'm going to um, break for lunch. They said, no, we want to work through lunch. Order us lunch. And my boy said, it's over with. They're going to get them niggas some ribs and cornbread. Feel their stomach up, and they did. And one thing, the whole trial, we got a black brother with eyeglasses on. He coming in, and he speaking with us. With, and see, when he came out that last time, he was like this. Damn. They broken. The broken. They, they sent the question out. They said, if we come to a decision today, do we have to stick around and talk to any parties? And they said, no. And then it was so cold that they would ask questions and the judge would not tell the prosecution or the defense what the question was. He would write down on his tablet, tear out the page, and send an answer back. So we got to find out what those answers were. We got to find out if they was coerced into this, and we got to find out how much pressure they put on people that was back there. And you know one thing, man. You got two sisters. You got a brother. They black. They sitting on that jury. And you look up out that jury stand, and you look across. And you see 75 police officers standing there like this. That's intimidation. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's going through their mind? Oh, they're going to remember my face. And Speaking gonna... of intimidation, right? I want you to explain to people the scenario that happened with Pam Turner's family and the judge. What, what, which part do you mean? Uh, didn't the judge uh, make the family members leave oh, the courtroom? The courtroom, yeah. Um, Young sister, she's in the back of the court. You know, she just do like this. Like, she can't believe what's going on. And the judge stopped it, put it on the record. I feel judicially threatened. I want her out of the courtroom. Do not allow her back in here. I feel judicially threatened. She's banned from the courtroom. And Pam, um, the mother of Pam's child, I mean, the father of Pam's child, mm -hmm. he's sitting there. And the judge wants to play the video of the thing, but without the audio. And he said, let it all go. That's the way it is. It's going to tell the truth. Banned from the courtroom. So all the family members just walked out. It was horrible. Wow. Was horrible. Now, how can you tell what's going on if you're just looking at a body cam footage with no sound? But you got the sound, but I don't want you to hear the sound. Because she's screaming, telling him, stop, get off of me. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Pregnant, leave me alone. I don't want you to hear that. So the, I can't get mad at this jury. 
because this jury based their decision on what they was given. If the prosecutor would have been able to put on, and this guy cried. He said, man, I prepare a case. And you take my case away from me, I got to fight with the only thing that you allowed me to fight with, which was basically straws against knives and swords, bro. Wow. Yeah. Let me let me go on to something real quick, right, family? I did a podcast a while ago, right? And I did extensive research on this. I want y'all to go back, just put in Raheem Shabazz in, in Google. You also can put it in, in YouTube. And I want y'all to do your own independent research, right? Listen to what I said and then go and, and pull up these articles. And it's called Jury Nunification. Yeah. This is what we're going to have to practice, That's right? What we practice. We have to pool and, and, and put our money together to start having small. We don't have to have the big conferences and the big hotels. We could come and put conferences together and, and start schooling our people in church. They need it in church. They need it everywhere. We can't be scared. We can't be scared. And that's the thing. We too damn scared. We I too damn scared. When I was at, um, what college was that we just came from speaking to that was in Clark? Oh, yeah, Clark in Atlanta. Clark and the young brother, how, man, when is it going to stop? It's going to stop when we answer every goddamn knock with a knock. Every time they knock on us, we knock their ass back. That's when it's going to stop. But the only thing we want to do is pray, protest, and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives They ain't hearing that shit no more. We have to become real enough where we standing on the front line ready to die. And if we ain't ready to die, we don't even need to be out there any damn way. I know every time I walk out my door, I walk out there, I'm ready to die. I came up gangbanging. I came up in the streets. I came up in the penitentiary. So I know if I put my life on the line for bullshit, I could definitely put my line, my life on the line for my people because my people is more important right now, man. And we have to make sure that we instill this in our people and we have to hold our leaders, so-called leaders, activists, and actors. We have to hold everybody accountable. Everybody you has said, to You say leaders, actors. Why you, Activ call, you, call, you call them actors? Hey, now, come on. You know they got, they got activists. And then they got actors. <laughs> actors act like they're activists, but they get paid and we get played and we 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 still have to do the work because it's in us. This is not something. Absolutely. This ain't nothing that we putting on no damn t-shirt. This is in us. This is in our DNA. We were born to be who we are. We was Speak, born to be out there. Speaking of t-shirt, my man Silky Slim got that different t-shirt on. You know, you got to be different, man, in order to uh, navigate in these streets be able to be unapologetic and stand, you know, 10 toes down and fight this beast and fight this system, right? Yeah. And, and, and in that note, right, I, I do know that there is a, um, a federal uh, lawsuit being 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 filed, right? That that federal lawsuit, um, I, I'm thinking, yes. is, is a 1983, um, and that's going to be for a civil rights violation, but is that a lawsuit where um, charges can be brought and, and, and they can go to jail for, or that won't happen in that um, particular case? Well, what we're trying to do, we're trying to get the Department of Justice to look at the way that this case was handled and possibly overturn what has happened. Um, we don't think it's going to happen. I don't. My angle, I, I can't speak for Attorney Crump or others. I speak for myself. I don't think. I don't think it's going to happen. That's like. Um, the old man that lives downstairs from you um, come and knock on your door and say, 
uh, Raheem, I seen Silky uh, kick over my flower, flower pot and, and, and break it. And you, you say, well, that's I didn't see it. That's <laughs> not it. Yeah, I didn't see him. Uh, well, here's the flower pot is broken, but I didn't. I don't think he broke it. In fact, I'm gonna look on the camera and see if he broke it. You can see me on the camera. Man, he's so blurry. I can't tell if that's him. We can't go to their brothers and sisters and mm -hmm. uncles and daddies and ask them to put them on trial. We look like damn fools. And I tell people, I say, man, this thing is not hard to figure out. At the end of the day, if you know they consider themselves the heavyweight champion of the world, why do we keep going to them, asking them to train us to beat them? We got to go and train ourselves and then call their ass out. We study yeah. Train, train me, train me. I ain't asking nobody to train me. So if I come off raw and I come out the way that you have seen me come out controversial sometimes, damn it, we need all of that. We need to be controversial sometimes. But we want to be so politically correct all the time till we can't get anything accomplished right now. We can't stop being hard on each other and realize that every little thing that we're working on is something that needs to be worked on and we can't always tear each other down. So I tell people all the time is that once we come together, we have to find out what our position is and play our own position. Don't worry about right. his position. I don't care what he's doing over there. As long as he's doing something that's going to better the uh, the hood and better the people around me, I'm cool with that. Do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. But don't try to tell me how to do my thing. It's like um, I got preachers that come at me right now, and, and they hear me speak, and they hear me talk in, in, in church, and, and then they come in, and, man, what church you go to? I say, oh, I, I, I don't go to church. I, I'm, I, I'm a Muslim. What? Well, <laughs> I say, hey, man, look. I said, one thing I know for sure. When I was out there and I'm representing Rolling 30 Crips, so I'm in the wrecking crew and I was gang banging, you ain't come try to give me Jesus then. Don't try to bring me nothing now. I'm yeah. cool on what I do. I believe in Jesus. I love him. But at the end of the day, if something is helping me, let it help me. Because when I was a beast, you didn't try to come and give me nothing that would make me human. So leave me alone now that I'm trying to find myself and find my own direction. Don't try to give me what you think will work for me. Let what's working for me work for me, and I'm cool with that. Ladies and gentlemen, man, this is my brother, man, Silky Sled, man. You don't even understand. Y'all witnessing the conversation that we're doing live, right? But, man, the conversations me and this brother have, man, are monumental, Uh I don't know if I should be even saying this, but Silky is working on something for himself that he could bring to the masses so y'all can really see, man, you know, what this brother has been through. You know, he told you he, he was involved in, in, in the underworld, in, in the street life, and he made a transformation. And our, our lives parallel to one another because I'm the same way, man. I, I, I didn't come from the gang life, but um, I'm one that was formerly incarcerated. I lived that street life. And now I want to produce justice for our people. Yeah. And that's the main thing that we have to do. We can't look to other people to produce justice for our people. Black people has to produce justice for our people. And that you know what that means? That means that if we have to spend the last bullet in our arsenal and, and, and spend the last dime and our treasury to produce justice for our people, we got to do it by any means necessary. That's right. We got to do it by any means necessary, man. And I just want to commend you for doing the things that you do. Um, and you and many others that use the internet and use 
these platforms to try to uplift our people. There's so much bickering and foolishness going on on the internet. So you see, I barely post, man, because I don't like to see brothers on there beefing, talking to each other any kind of way. Mm -hmm. It's a sad thing. And, you know, the other folks, they sit back and look at them. Man, look at these peasants. And <laughs> we have to get off of that. We have to get off of foolishness, man. And I tell people, and I heard Attorney Crump said it yesterday, um, you know, we can't keep chanting the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. We can't keep chanting that chant and not live the Black Lives Matter life. The Black Lives Matter, we got to let it matter in front of the White House, in front of the crack house, the abortion house, the smack house, and the projects. We got to stop killing each other. Black lives will never matter until it matters to black people first. If it don't matter to us, why in the hell should it matter to anybody else? And we got so many hypocrites because we're black lives matter, black lives matter. And the more we be in the projects looking to kill a black man, you know, what I mean? it's almost like, no, I ain't want that white man to kill that nigga. I want him. So we got to get out of that mentality. We got to get rid of the foolishness. And when we see each other and Raheem, I'm going to leave on this note, bro. If you do the research and look at what was happening to us in the 60s and 50s, we were much better people because we had that white man on our neck so much. So when we seen another black man, what you had to say? Hey, brother, be happy to see him because you knew who the enemy was. Now we don't right. know who the enemy is. Now we are fools walking around calling each other ops. <laughs> <laughs> Real op sitting back like this. We got him now. Got you on cruise control. They filled you up with guns and poison. And now we're killing each other like damn fools, man. And we're bleeding on all sides. We have to stop the foolishness, man. And I'm telling you, if I could put my life on the line to help us stop our foolishness, I didn't live my life three or four different lives. I'm cool with that. But at the end of the day, man, you have to realize who your real enemy is, man, and start loving your brother, man. I'm just glad with what you're doing. And, and you've been this way ever since I met you. And Absolutely. you've been 100. You seen me, you seen me out in my transformation days when I was trying to do right. And you've seen me. Uh, individuals trying to suck every dime out my pocket. You know, hey, don't worry about that. I got you. And yeah, like, yeah. I have lifelong friends with man, and that's what make us lifelong friends, man. So thank right, you, for man. And anytime you need me, man, holler at me, man. All y'all, man. Hey, put some love in your heart and make sure that at the end of the day we start supporting each other because without supporting each other, we ain't going nowhere. Believe that. All right, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for coming on this platform, man, and um, showing up and showing out and always speaking the truth, unapologetic in the manner that you do. Um, one of the things you did say is you don't mind putting your life on the line if it's going to help our people. But I just want to say this. You shouldn't be the only one, you know, yeah. for every for every silky slim or author reed that's willing to put their life on the line it's supposed to be ten thousand fearless men that's standing right behind that one person so that's if there's right. 10 of them then it needs to be a hundred thousand fearless black men standing behind that person and we have to get to that point family so and with that man i'm gonna say peace and prosperity real quick yeah. um if you want to give out your social media, I know you're not too big in that, and people want to follow you. I'm Silky Slam 100 on Instagram, Silky Slam on Facebook, and 
uh, Raheem, I'm going on this one, bro. Don't forget what I said at Clark University. I put my life on the line, but I'm also going to protect it with everything that I got. Believe that. Man, I love you, bro. Love you too, man. Peace and black power.